Welcome to Uneducated Guests. We're back. Oh, I don't even know if we're back. Or we're just here. We're, we're here. Maybe we're back. Maybe we're here. Who knows? That's for y'all to figure out. Who knows what the public's going to think. But it is Uneducated Guests. We're already in your podcast feed. So you're getting this episode. But it's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little different. I'm Brett. With me tonight is Bo. I was just going with that. Yeah, okay. It is already. Right. Hey, hey, it's way different. How how we doing tonight? We're good. We're in a new studio. Enjoying this. You did a fantastic job. Bob's for days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only the people who subscribe to the Substack, the paid version, will understand that that joke, that inside joke. But yes, <laughs> this studio does have vibes. Also with us tonight is our man Drew. Drew, how we doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Good. It's a new voice behind the microphone. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> Every once in a while, you got to get a new bassist, you know? That's true. And, you know, just in case anybody's wondering out there, we, we can go ahead and put put the kibosh on any conspiracy theories, you know? The voice is different. It's a different person behind the mic. We have no issues with the other person that was on the mic before. Not at all. Literally, no, just certainly life, not. man. Certainly it's just not. life sometimes. Yeah, and and even the comparison you just made, uh, basis is not a diss. Basis is the backbone along with the drum. Oh, that's right. I it mean, hurt. It hurt. We took us a whole year. Yeah. To get a replacement. That's yeah. how much it. You know, you, you can't just y'all y'all looked at this is what's what's particularly humbling for me is that y'all looked at hundreds of applications. We did. Um, we we were just we were. That's what was. That's, we were covered that's why up. I'm so yeah, honored. we actually recorded with other people, but it never made it to air because yeah. it wasn't good. That's why I'm so honored to be here. Y- yeah. You should be. <laughs> Let's really focus on that part, which is really how honored you should be <laughs> to be in y'all's presence. To be well, you know, I mean, in our presence is one thing, but specifically on this podcast, you yeah. should. I mean, I agree. You should be mm-hmm. honored, and it's great to have you. Oh, I am. We're honored. I mean, yeah. we're probably a little less honored, but nonetheless, than you there are. is some honor. <laughs> There is an amount of honor, <laughs> a certain percentage of it. How great or equal to yours is really, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to yeah. harp on those. The things. listeners can't see this, but but Brett and I are in really comfortable leather chairs. We are. <laughs> yeah. Drew is in a sixty-year-old. He's on a sixty-year-old sofa. And I knew that as soon as you took a photo, a stylish, of it and put it on our yeah. Twitter account, I knew that I, I'm going to take the rookie chair, and I'm okay with that <laughs> because there's a hierarchy to life. And that's right. you have to you have to figure it out. Well, that's, that's what right. I was going to say. You you make it you make it a year and oh yeah you know I'm, I we're getting a, a we're getting a leather sofa. Maybe I'll get a leather sofa. Uh, or I you know hey, well, it's your house too. I'm gonna. Yeah, I mean that's true. That's fair. Yeah. You know, it felt it just even right then. Just it's just we just got a totally different thing going yeah. on now. It just felt so <laughs> different the way you referred to me. The, uh, it yeah, kind of threw true. me off. I was like, Ooh, yeah, hey, easy now. Are you supposed to say Be that? Careful. <laughs> Hello. So, look, let's talk a little bit. We're going to we're going to get into this. We're doing the the podcast for those of you loyal fans who have been waiting for a year. You know, we got a review in September mm. for this podcast, September of 2022. I, did you look? I don't remember when our last episode was. It was October of last year. October of so last year. So it's been just over a year now since we last posted an episode. 
And, you know, lots, honestly, though, I was going to say a lot's happened. Not a whole lot has happened. I mean, Trump's not in office anymore, so it's not happening exactly like it used to happen. But um, we, we've we sort of, we've taken all those down. This is sort of uneducated guest 2.0 doing a new thing, but it's going to be a lot of the same type of vibe from the last podcast. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what we're actually going to hope to do with this podcast. So we honestly, if we're going to shoot it straight, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but we're really doing the podcast for us. Oh, absolutely. Of course we don't need y'all. So with that being said, one of the things, I mean, the reason we even started it to begin with and the reason we wanted to get back into it was just, I mean, honestly, Bo, because of how much fun you and I had doing it last time. And one of the other things we talked about was, it was kind of nice to have like a live journal, you know, an audio yeah. live journal of things that were going on at the time, especially because we, you know, we started as a COVID podcast. Yeah. So don't worry, everybody. I know if you're listening, you're thinking, oh, crap, I guess the cases of COVID are going back up because these guys are cranking the podcast back up <laughs> because it seemed like That's every time it seemed like every time we would get take a break and come back or something or when we started, it was pretty much because like COVID was going nuts again or something. I think like COVID that. actually started because we started the podcast. You know, this. We our names been people are around. people yeah. are saying that yeah, yeah our names been thrown around I've seen some of that, that. yeah uh-huh. so I mean they still don't know where that thing came from you know we're we're two years down the road almost three years down the road now but you know the thing that I really did miss about it and it, it really kind of echoes your point is uh, the best conversations that I've had with you happen on this podcast really mm. yeah mm. I'm that bad in conversation and <laughs> that's tough. Well, either here or around the fire pit. We yeah. just don't record the fire pretty pit. Pretty much the same thing. Yeah, pretty basically. much the same thing. Yeah, so, you know, we'll we'll get into I'm sure as the podcast goes on, we'll we'll have plenty of of more personal details about, you know, what we do and who we are and all that kind of stuff, but generally speaking, you know, we're we're three just regular southern dudes we're we're all uh we're all christians we're not afraid to be christians we're all in the reformed protestant you know world um like even you know oh we we even replaced we got another guy that's in seminary yeah so we, hello we at least stuck it with we i didn't even i think can tell about what, that. what that means is that i can tell you anything you need to know <laughs> about anything oh no. wow that's what seminary does i'm huh? trying to master the divine man well, let me know how that goes when you get it mastered. But uh, so <clears throat> anyway, so all three of us are are from the South. We all, I mean, I know that you're not from Alabama. Two out of three. How, ain't how bad. do you identify? Mm. Ooh, that's a good question. I've I've actually never thought about that because you you've spent you know you've spent yeah. all of your um, most formative years in this state. Yeah, but I've... How many years you been in Alabama? Uh, I moved here in 02. Okay. 03. 03. So 19 years. So, so half my life has been here I was here about now. to say, so if you uh, passed... Yeah, exactly you're at 50%. You're at 50%. So you're at 50, 50, 50. So that's, I'm asking you this oh. question at the perfect time then. Oh. How do you identify? I'm an Alabamian. Yeah. Wow. Mm, yeah. Yeah. My dad was from here. Oh, my mom, that's true. My mom was from Mississippi, so you I was already half and half. That's true. That that really makes it easy yeah. then. I think he's I think he's in, yeah. Yeah, that makes it easy. Then your dad had the roots. He's from Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. so your dad's your dad's from 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 uh, Tattletown. Yeah, and you know that that you I'm, I'm legitimately an Alabamian when I know how to say reform. 
Mm-hmm. It's not reformed. That's true. Right. That's that's, that's where my granddad was that's from. That's true. We are all reformed, but we are not from the town of reform. When yes. my dad found out that I was going to RTS, he started telling people that I was going to reform theological seminary <laughs> because my dad's an Alabamian. That's amazing. Yeah. That's true, a great true story. That's a great story. Uh, and there's, yeah, there's. That's, only, that's all you need to know. <laughs> only Alabamians would really <laughs> understand that. But that's that's good to know. So yeah, that's a good point. We're all arguably the other reason you should be an Alabamian is I was about to say we're all we're all proudly Gumps, but you're you're probably the biggest Gump. I think so of all of us. I you're, think so. you're in the Gump sphere Man. in a good in a good way. I mean that in the Twitter totally world? endearingly. Yeah, but I think so. Oh, that's the thing. We kind of took the word Gump from our enemies. No doubt, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. No doubt. And we've made it better. We've made it our own. No and doubt. people do that. People do that with yeah. offensive language. They turn it into their own. Yeah, yeah. And and we did that rightly so. But I I, I kind of think you're the I kind of think you're the biggest gump in a good way. As far as what I like mean, what all of us have sort of waned a little bit. Yeah. Just as we've gotten older, yeah. I would say, and just sort of as the world has changed. But I mean, like, I bet if it was the year two thousand seventeen, you would be the biggest gump. That's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Drew. He, he, it's Drew's, not me. Drew's pretty big. Well, it's not me. I would have been doing something. In, I'm not even going to. In 2017. In 2017, I would have been in the student section. You were like rolling so, somebody's yard after prom still yeah, or something like that. I know. I was walking around in diapers. <laughs> but those diapers had a, had, had a big hour. Going around, going around on my tricycle with my. I, I, do, uh, think, I do think this is going to be a great podcast. Jersey. though, Because we're going to get, we're going to get. Even though we have a lot of similarities, we also have all have different perspectives uh, on, a, you know, on a lot of different things. Um, we're all sort of different. Like, you know, Bo, you're a deacon. I'm an elder. You're a seminarian. Mm-hmm. We're kind of lay people. Mm-hmm. You're in seminary training to be a pastor. You know, we, we have we have three different generations represented here. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to make that claim. I knew it was going to happen. To stake that, put that flag in the ground. I mean, I'm I'm obviously a millennial, just proudly right in the middle. You really, you, you can't go either way. No, and you're then, right. In the, you're right, millennial. You know, Bo is a Gen X guy, and then Drew's a Drew's a Gen Z. No, I, these are all well, lies. We're starting this off with a with hey, a big lie. Ninety six is the cutoff. That's what most will tell you. <laughs> some I was some born. Say, hey, I was born December nineteenth, ninety six. All right. I've I seen '94 bandied around a lot. You, I, I know you have, but I think the '96 experts say is a cutoff for me. I, I, I want to do everything I can to not identify with. What Gen is Z. the uh, other side? '90, '80. Uh, yeah, I've I believe seen anywhere from '80 to '84. It's very. What year were you born? '84. So you're in either way, no matter how. But Drew is actually on the. I'm really on yeah. the. It, truly, the the thing that works not in your favor for being a millennial although i think that you you definitely are the way you are are more like a millennial certainly than gen z that's not even and, that, close. and that's part of yeah. Yeah. what i'm getting but at. what would work against you is that you actually have parents who are gen x absolutely which is typically like a divider yeah. kind of you know if you were my but, parents were born in 71 but there is no doubt as far as like how you act nobody no, would I mistake you I, as a Gen Z, I you're, don't think you're, anybody. You're the oldest man in this room. Yeah, that's that's how they. they when I was 16, my friends called me Papa. So yeah. it's just kind of been there. I mean, there's you're you may be the youngest, but you're the oldest man yeah, in this room, that's, that's, without a doubt. Yeah. So you are definitely not a Gen Z. That's not sure. even at all. Well, one thing that you do have work in your favor too is that you love older things. 
I do. Like you have got a what a one hundred year old shotgun on your wall. From my Sears? um my my grandfather's grandfather. So maybe even older than that. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't you have an appreciation. for I think it was things. like nineteen oh four. Yeah. Yeah. I do. That's over a hundred years. I'm no. That is over a hundred years. Yes, that's true. So that stuff's important. Anyway, so about the podcast. So we're and that's one thing about the podcast is it's it's going to be a symphony. Oh, we just spent yeah. five minutes on something that you know mm-hmm. was not on what we were talking about. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. Whether or not we even want it to be, the people love it. It's going to be that. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure who they are, but they will eventually. They'll learn to love us. Oh, they will. <laughs> um, it's sort of a Stockholm syndrome situation here, but anyway. So we we kind of uh, we'll see where things go from here, but our general idea is that we're gonna talk a lot about culture. We'll probably end up talking a lot about politics. Um, I have a feeling that world is going to start to kick up again pretty heavy. And and I don't just mean politics like in the boring, like Daily Wire sense of politics. You know, like I don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like no. actually what's going on to the regular person and why the midterms affect the regular person and what's going on in the psyche of people and in this nation. Um, truly like sort of get down to the the, the, the core of the issues, not just, oh, uh, you know, how are the Republicans going to pick up seats and all this kind of stuff. Like, that's not the type of politics no, that we're No, we're not going to get out the little CNN map and no. start pressing on states and stuff. No. No, I honestly don't even know where we stand on that right now. So, I, I don't I mean, either. I mean, I know what I need to know. And w- that's what we're going to talk about in our yeah. main topic today, so we don't have to get on that yet. But, all right. Um, but generally speaking, that's kind of how we're we're thinking we're going to take, take this podcast in. Everything will have a distinctly Christian bent, hopefully. Hopefully we won't be too um, non-Christian mm-hmm. in the way that we talk about things because mm-hmm. it's just who we are. It's not like we're trying to be a um, like in the subgenre of Christian podcasts or anything, but we're just we're just Christian guys who are sitting yeah. around talking about culture and worldview and politics. So it's just it's just who we are and and it's one of those things that honestly, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, as we go along throughout the history of the show, but. Um, those sorts of things cannot continue to be divided in this fake, you know, liberal society that we live in now where supposedly you can separate your faith from the rest of your life. And that's how we're all supposed to get along, you know, in this some sort of neutral playground where we can all, you know, come and come and play. It just doesn't work like that. And we've seen that it doesn't work like that. It actually only works like that if you all share Christian values. Yeah. And whenever I don't you want don't to it's the those, only way. Yeah, and if you don't share those Christian values, then a liberal democracy has no chance of working whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we can we can talk about that as we go on. But that'll be kind of the show. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. No, that sums it up pretty well. So we'll do the best we can to continue to be entertaining, I guess. Uh, but again, we're really just doing this for our own for our own fun. Hopefully we'll be able to have some guests on at some point in time to um, tell you a little bit that maybe we'll try to, hopefully the guests will try to illustrate some of the points that we're making throughout the show about, Mm -hmm. about our society. And a lot of it will probably be, I was going to say specifically Southern, but not so much specifically Southern as it is, you know, because I think that we, what's happening to, what we might call specifically Southern towns is happening all over America Mm -hmm. to towns like you find categorically in the South and the West in general. Yes. In the West in general. That's right. 
And in this country, it certainly there is a higher concentration of those towns in the south, or there used to be these mm. these towns that are. And I think the southern towns, because of it, because of southern heritage or whatever's left of it, like they're the ones that are really just hanging on to the to the just the strands of whatever's left, even though these towns are are dead. Whereas in the maybe in the Midwest and in the Northeast, those towns just completely went ahead and went away already. Mm. But there are towns like this all over the world that have been um, affected in the same way mm-hmm. throughout the last, you know, 50, 60 years. Um, more than that, but especially in the last 50, 60 years. So we'll try to have some people on that will help illustrate those points or, you know, maybe just somebody interesting that we want to talk talk to. Absolutely. That sort of thing. Yeah, if you're interesting, let us know. Yeah, if please, please. If you're one of those interesting people. Cause Write us a letter. None of us are. That's the only way Drew's going to get it is if you write a letter. That's right. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have, have email. Way. Like I we don't. said, he's an old man. Yeah, I don't. I read it over candlelight. <laughs> Maybe oil lamp. Mm. Brett knows about that. I've been getting into the oil lamp thing lately. Did I tell you about that? But that's something to get into, y'all. It, well, you know, I, you, you read about you read about stuff. You read about the circadian rhythms, and you know how artificial light. Most is. people don't read about that. <laughs> <laughs> As one does. <laughs> People don't know fair, what that is. Fair point. So, you know, artificial light is, you know, jacking with our systems and stuff. But, you know, used to... It's true, though. The sun would get up, the sun would rise, and you'd get up with the sun. And when the sun went down, you'd kind of get sleepy and you'd go to sleep, right? Because mm-hmm. there's nothing else you can't see, so you're going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and the little light you had was by fire, you know, mm-hmm. which is a totally different kind of light than yeah. than, ar- than artificial light. So, But now, you know, because of because of lights we can keep things basically daytime all the time you know mm. which kind of jacks up your body you know supposedly and so i was test i'm testing that around a little bit i haven't been as consistent as i need to because my my job keeps me out late sometimes and so it's impossible but if i'm at home you know while the sun's going down basically once the sun goes down we just turn off all the lights and only use oil lamps for how many oil <laughs> lamps do you have we have 3 okay Okay. We could we could use some more. You put them all in the living room? Yeah. And, you know, that's the other thing about it, though. That's what's kind of cool about it is that it makes us, you know, because there's really only one only one place we can have any light. So it kind of makes us all concentrated in yeah. one area if we're yeah. even going to stay awake. Yeah. Like the kids can't just go to their room and play and us all separate. And there it truly, especially if you have little kids, it's crazy. There's some magic there. Like there's something about the low light. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That kind of brings so, their energy level down too. When you say oil lantern, like is or oil lamp, is that the same thing as like an oil lantern? No, no, no. It's like those um those old blown glass um wick. There's like lamps. a I've got one of those, actually, but it looks like a lantern you would use for camping. Like that you would hold on a Yeah. No, no. Th- these don't but have that. It's got that. oil and it's got a wick. These don't have that. They're just like um It's just the portable version. Yeah, they're just like a Okay. Um they're just like a glass. They look like a glass lamp. They almost look like something like that would be there's oil in the bottom and a wick that comes up and you can, you know, screw the the wick up and you just, and it's, it's always like a, uh, I don't know, like a cylinder mm-hmm. type shape coming up. Um, yeah. And you just, you just, you know, light them, light the wick and it catches and you, uh, increase it to make the flame higher and a little lower. And it's, it's pretty cool. We have a lot of just lamps too, like even like this one right here and that create a warm light. Yeah. Like and that's that. better than like uh, the. White yeah, because we don't. Yeah, I don't like any kind of the white light during the day. 
keep the blinds open, keep the sunlight in. Yeah. It depends on your home too, you know, but, and then at night, whatever's, whatever's warm and dim, like this room is going to help you. Yeah. But oil lamp is awesome. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's, it is a little bit difficult to read by one so far. Mm. That's probably my only beef as opposed okay. to just like a regular lamp. Yeah. But I'm just, if I really want to read and I want to read a lot, I'm just using like a, a, a warm light lamp. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think generations that, you know, 60 years ago really wanted what generations before them wanted? In the same way that we do? Yeah. Well, probably not just because, well, for maybe for a lot of reasons, but especially because technology, you know, is so exponential in its growth yeah. that they had a lot more in common that's already true. with the generations before them than we do. Yeah. And especially than the generation now, because, of, because again, exp, you know, technology goes from two to four to eight to 16. It doesn't go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know, it doesn't grow like that. It, it It's exponential in its growth. Yeah. And so if you think about it, like the, there's a whole like theory behind, or like a, a principle behind this that you can read about. I don't know yeah. I can't called. think of the guy's name but who started. There's yeah. a whole thing, but like it's, we have more in common with people who are 70 years older than us older than us like our childhood was more similar to somebody who is 90 than even our childhood is with somebody who is 10 right now mm-hmm. good night if you really think about it good grief like when i was 10 there was no internet mm in the same way that yeah. a ninety-year-old had no internet. He's not speaking to you, though, Drew. No, I do not apply. <laughs> that was only six years ago. Yeah. So basically, one way to Three, think about this, yeah. and, and we may have talked about this in the old <laughs> version before, but uh, basically, one way to think about this would be like, you know, how far back in time would you have to take somebody in a time machine to freak them out? Yeah. You know, mm. so somebody from the year seventeen hundred, if you took them back two hundred years. To the year 1500 they wouldn't be that freaked out yeah you know you'd have to take them much further back than that mm-hmm. or i'm sorry if you took somebody from 1500 up to 1700 they wouldn't be that freaked out you know you're everybody's still getting around by horse and buggy there's no like real but you take somebody no. from the year 1700 <clears throat> you know or you take somebody from the year 1910 mm-hmm. to the year 2022 mm-hmm. that's just a hundred years they're probably flipping out yeah yeah, they're going to be really shocked. They and think that gonna, witchcraft is now real. And it's yeah. it's going to be very negative. This is actually black well, magic. Well, confirmed that yeah. witchcraft was yeah. real for them. They're not going to be excited about it. Yeah. So that's that's kind of, that just kind of illustrates how exponential, and I didn't do a great job explaining that right then, but um, just well, take my do, word for it. Well, I do think if you have if you have a society that is agrarian, it's been agrarian for generations, generations, generations. And so the way that you make food, the way that you associate with one another, the way that your communities are set up is all going to be the same. Pass down, pass down, pass down, pass down. Yeah. And so I think probably since Industrial Revolution on, that's when you start to have people looking back and really creating a more serious gap in the generations because now it's and, – and you hear that in music and in folklore and in literature where people start talking about their grandfather who had a dirt floor – you know, um, and it's especially ramped up since World War Two, right? Yeah, that's that's, been that's the, true. That's as been well. the biggest. That's right, gap. because 
the people who are alive now who are elderly who grew up in the 50s, they were coming of age in the 50s, their parents and their grandparents really were for a, from a completely different world. And, um, and they can tell you about those people right now. And they would tell you all sorts of things about them, like, you know, they, things that they thought that their children, their grandchildren were doing in the 50s that was just crazy. Um, and so I think you're right about World War II. I think coming back home from that yeah. completely changed things. And just what it did to the world. I mean, you know, it truly left. Um, it was it was too, too way too much decimation in Europe in too in too short period of a time between World War One and World War Two. You know, that is just a lot of of just like complete and utter destruction. And a lot of a lot of history was destroyed. Yeah, and it and it really did only leave two real powers standing, and that began to create the globalization that we see now. And it also mm-hmm. what it did to. Um, what it did to the the relationship between the sexes was irreversible, you know, because women, um, what they began to do in the workplace out of des- you know, out of necessity, truly changed things for forever. And yeah, then you, you as take technology the... began to continue to increase, then that 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 relationship between the sexes continued to get strained, and that's kind of where we are. Yeah, now. you take the image of Rosie the Riveter. And you blow it up to its end conclusions, and you get third wave feminism. Yeah, yeah. So everything starts somewhere. Yeah, and I mean, basically, <clears throat> and I don't know, I don't know. This is about to even open up a bigger kind of topic, but we'll we'll see where it goes. But uh, probably should just be like a regular topic someday. But basically, the the way that you know that a system is working correctly any system right like a a watch or some kind of mechanical thing is 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 something is a system that works is one where everything is in its right place and it's working towards the end that it was designed for right so if like some gear goes wrong or something like that so my question would be like to people is that would you say that that describes the american system now the American culture, where everything is in its place and doing the thing that it was designed to do. Heck no, right? I'm not even sure half of the elements are. Right. Yeah. Because what we've done is is that we have, t- now we have tampered with the order that has been set out for us in creation. And I'm specifically talking about the women-men thing. The, 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 the relationship between the sexes has just been completely thrown off. Yeah, because they hate the sexes in general. They hate gender. Yeah. They despise it. They despise male and they despise female. So they want to make female male and they want to make well they we know that they hate men. They're obvious they're open about that. Yeah. But they hate women too. They do. Because yeah. they hate male and female. Male and female, he created them. And whatever they can do to destroy that is what they're gonna do and what they have done. Yeah. And and ultimately, the responsibility is with men. They have failed. They have failed to set the parameters for how things are going to be. And because of that, whenever men fail to set those parameters, women will expand endlessly. That's that's what they do, and that's that's what has happened to society. And that's why ultimately, it's it's men's it's men fault. You know, if, sure. If men don't set those parameters, yeah, then women will take over in in ways in which they 
honestly, they're they're not they're not designed and they're not, they're not equipped for. They are designed and they're equipped for much higher and much more noble purposes than the things that we have made them be concerned made them concern themselves with, like work and like work in the workplace and politics that now women are involved in. Yeah, you're, you're they making, shouldn't be involved in. And be, yeah, because they hate women, they want to make women men. And so you have this idea of, well, a woman should needs to be working a nine to five job while also coming home and taking care of the children. You know, and it's like, they because, don't even say take care of the children. They just they say don't. you shouldn't have any. They say you shouldn't have any. But for the people who do have children, the couples that do, yeah. they end up admitting statistically that the woman is more likely to care for the children than the man is naturally. Right. And so they don't know what to do with that. But but the whole idea is that if you try to create women and turn them into men, everything is going to crumble on itself. Yes. And you're doing it because you hate women or because you hate men. You want men to be effeminate and you want women to be masculine. Yeah, and that's that's honestly maybe one of the big uh, things that we've gotten wrong in a lot of this debate is that the perception and the, and the the comments are always that society hates men, society hates men, society hates men. But I think which is true. What yeah. you just said is the better argument. They hate gender. They hate both. They hate anything that God has yes. created. Yeah. Again, the the point is is that you have to have men and women in their right place, working towards the ends to which they were designed. Right. That's what yeah. a system working properly would do is it would have everything in its right place and those things would be doing what they are supposed yeah. to be doing. And now, you know, women should be focusing on much more noble, much more higher order things like like raising the next generation, which is a huge responsibility to undertake. Significant task. And instead, we have forced them to be concerned with things like political experiments and, and yeah. you know politics and and those types of things like that's what we've subjected them to because think about if you have a teenage girl today and she says that what she wants to be when she grows up is a wife and a mother how do you think that girl is going to be treated yeah horribly not great i don't care if it's a christian school public school i don't care what it is she is going to be mocked ridiculed all for what for carrying out God's design, for caring about the right things. Yeah, they'll say that's all, that's all you want to be. Yeah, is like, are you? Well, what about being a CEO? You know, I, was like, I don't want to be a dadgum CEO. Um, yeah, and, and I, I and I understand women who they set up. Um, well, I need to I need to make money somehow. I'm not guaranteed to be married. Yeah, but their fathers should be taking care of them until they are. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. But. Um, but that's so that's what I'm saying. It's it's even then it's the fathers who are failing. It's the men who are failing because a father who is going to raise his daughter to be a mother and a wife, he should not force his daughter to go to college just in case she never gets married so that she can live as a single cat woman and go again, go to a godless university and be taught all the stuff that she doesn't need to be taught, whereas what he could do is he could take care of her until he hands her over to her husband. Yeah. I Even think, if that means until he yeah. dies. Sure, sure. You know, so I actually think the primary problem in America, in our culture, is contrary to what a lot of people would say, 
is I do not think that we have a problem. The primary problem, anyway, is not between races. It's actually between sexes. Because men and women are... Primary, yes. Yeah, primary. primary. Because men and women are um, not fulfilling their purposes, respectively. Yeah. Both. I mean, men, too. Men are not fulfilling yeah. their purposes. Absolutely. And women are not either. And that's the real problem. We, If you think back to the times whenever race was at its best in this country the race issues whenever things were fine. It was because the sexes were ordered well in every race. You look at, you look at the racial issues, even if you want to say the interracial issues that we have, they're really only there because the races respectively have so many issues between the sexes, whether it's fatherlessness, fatherlessness or broken homes or whatever. Those are all issues between the sexes, not between the races. And then it over it spills over into other problems in the world. Yeah, I agree with that. So those are the types of things that, you know, we're going to talk about on this podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> as mm-hmm. we go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the world we live in now is just... Um, I don't want to skip over this. I, no, I, I had this thought. Uh, it goes back to the, to the, the point um, that has been, you may have talked about it one time in one of your Sunday school lessons um, or just off the cuff at some point. But one thing that most men get wrong when they talk about Adam and Eve is that Eve was the one who sinned first. Right. And mm-hmm. that misconception kind of hurts everything after. Yeah. Because it's really Adam that sinned first by letting that happen. Yes. By not taking dominion. Yeah. The way he, that he, sh- he should have come in and dealt with the serpent immediately. He was clearly standing next to her the yeah. entire time. Right. And he did not he did not rule over the dominion that God had placed him in charge of well. And by not doing that, he sinned. Yeah. He sinned. He didn't sin whenever he ate of the fruit. Right. That's when Eve sinned. That's right. And Eve did sin. That's what I'm saying too. Like women are to blame too. But not primarily. Yeah. Not primarily because it's through the first Adam that sent into the world. You know, Adam is regarded as the responsible party for right. sin. The curse was entered through Adam, and it's not the curse of Eve. Right. It seems as though Adam's particular sin was passivity, not taking dominion, not whatever, sticking yeah. up for his wife, not speaking the truth. He was passive. And the specific sin of the woman was deception which Paul speaks about in 1 Timothy, which is why women shouldn't be pastors, because the primary sin was being deceived. Men should be pastors because they should overcome the passivity right. to rule over the, in the... You know, anyway, but men and women sin in different ways in the garden, and then therefore they have different curses in the garden because they were created differently to begin with. God ever created everything good, but it's all different, and so sin affects it differently. But you can't erase all of that and then just start talking about men and women like everything's just the same. Right. You're going to get messed up. Yep. Well, there's a lot of people out there who are already saying that, listening to this, saying that we're misogynist. Two things. One, we just said men were to blame first. Two, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I, that um, I actually think we owe I actually think we owe women an apology. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, and again, this may that I'm just going to say this, and we're going to leave it, 
and we'll use it as an entire discussion sometime maybe. But, you know, we owe women an apology for subjecting them to the 19th Amendment, which gave them the right to vote. We should not have subjected them to the world of politics. That was supposed to be a, a burden that we should be bearing because it's a ridiculous world. Women should be focusing on something much more important, much more noble, much more righteous than political inner workings. You know, men, there's a sense in which men can be a bit reckless in what they do uh, because that's sort of a hazard towards their mission, right, is if you're going to achieve anything, if you're going to have a mission, if you're going to push, you know, boundaries and you're going to try to create something and grow something, then, you know, there's going to be a sense in which you're going to have to be a little bit reckless, a little bit risky. You're going to have to do some things that are not really, um, not really innocent. Yeah. You know, that war, right? You know, things like that. Like you're going to have to be in that realm of things. Whereas, you know, I mean, if you read any of the ancient literature, especially, you know, the great literature of the West or anything like the, the virtue of, of women is innocence. Like that's their virtue yeah. is their innocence from those things, sort of being, being away from that world out there because what they're doing is something much more noble where it takes innocence. It takes that to be able to really, to, to really fulfill what they're doing. And what we did is we pretty much said with the night again, this is men abdicating their responsibility, basically saying, you know what, I don't really want to take responsibility for your political views and disagreements. So what is you can vote to? Well, and what do you get? You get putting women on the front lines of a war, putting them in combat, putting them in the military. Um, yeah, we, we basically tried to force women to do both. Yeah, to to be involved in the ugliness of the world around them and then to also have a much higher calling and fulfill that role too. And they yeah. can't do both. Yeah. And we've we've kind of forced that on them. Because like you said, and people are admitting now that they can't do both. Yeah. I mean, you know, social media is littered, you know, with these stories of women who are 30, 35 now and they it's have sad. these tech jobs and they're looking around and they're single and they're like all I really want to do is have a baby. Yeah. And I don't know what to do right now. I mean, they're admitting they can't. They've do been both. sold a lie. Yes. Yes, and that's what we sort of have to own up to if we're going to make any progress in this. And we can make progress, but we really have to own up to that. We we have to we have to own up. And I'm talking specifically in Christian circles. You can't run away from these types of conversations about truly running away from the order of the world, the way that God had ordered it. Like you joked earlier about there being a hierarchy that might have been on the pre-show. I don't know if that was on the. We were talking about you being a rookie. Maybe, I don't know yeah, if that was yeah. on this show. Or, no, I think it was on. I think it was on the. Okay, I don't know if we said that on. We we recorded for yeah. an hour before this of just. We've been here. Yeah. So, so I don't know what's what, but you know the point is is that you know you you made that joke, but it, it it's true in the world that, that the yeah. world is hierarchical, and that just is the case. It, you're not going to avoid that, right? At all, and so you better order it the correct way because if you don't order it the correct way then the system is going to be broken. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have is a broken system because things are not in their right place and they're not working properly. Which is why many people have been saying now that 
patriarchy that is male leadership is inevitable, which a lot of people have been saying that kind of stuff for the last several years now and longer than that. But um, because you're either going to have a tyrannical patriarchy or you're going to have something that's godly and wholesome and valuable. That's right. So men are either going to try to destroy women or they're going to try to protect women. They're either going to try to despise and abuse children or they're going to try to teach and rear and protect children, provide for children. Yeah. So it's just look at, you know, the nation of uh, Egypt, for example, a tyrannical patriarchy under Pharaoh led to the murdering of Hebrew babies where Moses was saved. But um, you get that. That's a tyrannical patriarchy. And that's what we have now. You know, we have women politicians, things like that. I've, uh, of course, that's true. But, and the um, father is the state. Yeah, that's exactly right. That, that's the the, yeah. the father now that is the patriarchy is the state. Yeah, exactly. It's it. Yeah, that's the idea is who's who's running this. Yeah, and in the end, who's running this is going to be patriarchal, and you can't not you can't go against that. You really can't. So then you have to decide. Oh, okay. Then how do we make it good? How do we make it godly? How do we make it loving and wholesome and the way it should be, you know, the way God created? Yeah, and all all of this was to say, I think this is how we kind of got on this, maybe to tie a little bow on it, is that, you know, you truly, like we were talking about the issues with a liberal democracy, you know, with with what we have, is that you, you truly cannot have a godless liberal democracy. It doesn't work. The founding fathers never could have imagined a godless society. Think about that. I mean, that was not on their radar. You're no, saying, and everybody you're saying, that have you ever been to DC? Mm-hmm. I mean, everywhere you go in DC, there's scriptures they, engraved on they, everything. They had shared values that they took for granted, you yeah. know, because they thought this is the way it would always be. We would always have these. That, that they didn't even th- and they didn't even think of it in those terms because. They it was assumed they by, never could have fathomed. Yeah. So by godless, are you talking about atheistic, or are you talking about godless like anti-Christian? Um, atheistic. You okay. know, you know, like one that that truly does not. There believe can't in be God. an atheistic liberal democracy. Is what no. you're saying? Yeah. No. They they and they wouldn't have been able to imagine. I was talking to a friend of mine today on text, and and we had listened to this podcast, and he made a good point. Think about this now. This was this was a little hard for me to grasp or kind of weird to think about. The founding fathers, the revolution was closer to the invention to the uh creation of the King James Bible than we are to the revolution now. Hmm. The King James Bible came out closer to the revolution than we are to the revolution now. So think about how important that book was. You know, the King James Bible, how big of a deal that was. I mean, it was the most influential, and I mean, I'm not trying to just flippantly call it a book, but you know what I mean. I mean, the Bible being able to be read by everybody in that way, in a common language, was a huge deal, and it was the most influential thing that was out at the time, you know. And they everything was based off of that. E- even people who, you know, Thomas Jefferson was not what we would call a, 
you know, a solid Christian and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he cut, you know, he's cutting stuff out that he didn't like and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. you know, they, they all shared certain things. I mean, think about it. You can't even have the first two amendments without being a Christian. Right. You have right. to believe right. in the, yeah. you have to believe yeah. in the sanctity of life to believe in, in freedom of speech and, and the ability to use force. And the people who want a democracy without Christianity borrow from Christian principles to try to make it good. Oh, we should care about each other. And we should, you know, love your neighbor. Oh, do you have any concept as to where that came from? It came from God's word. It came from Christ. It came from God himself. And so That's Christians right. are the only ones who are actually able to understand loving your neighbor, a common decency in your culture, individual liberties that are based upon a good morality right. in the culture. You know, right. it's the only way. Some certain amount of trust That's right. is inherent in it, you know, because... Mm-hmm. We would have to agree on some things inherently for this to work, and we no longer agree on those things at all. It's interesting how good the world is at deceiving and lying about certain things, and uh, the way the way you said in the beginning that we've subjected them to the burden yeah. of the nineteenth, right? Like the truth of it is, is that voting is a burden. It's not a privilege. It's a burden. And this world has convinced everybody that voting is a privilege. Yeah. Why Why would giving up your power and your autonomy to people you don't know, why, why would that be a privilege? It's the, um, it's the only sacrament of the religion of the state. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's the sacrament. Yeah. Um, you know, voting, I don't know any other way to say it, voting is the sacrament. Yeah. You know, that's the... That's the way that they have have made it. Is that like that's the way that you participate in yeah. this religion, is with your vote, and it's individualistic now. It's not um, because again they 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 whoever they are want to disconnect us from uh, the things that that ground us, that keep us, um, that make us less rulable. You know, they want to disconnect us from those things. They want to make us more easy to be ruled, and. So they need to pull us away from those things that make it hard to rule, right? You know, yeah. a man who's has a man who has nothing to lose in order to protect something is is tough to yeah. deal with. In a if you want to if you want to try to dominate a society, so so they have to do something about that. Well, that's I guess that's one of the things that we've gotten better at, and I think we still have a ways to go. But I, I do think that we have consciously decided the only way to change people's minds on some of these things is to reframe the way they're presented. Right. And I think that that's been a big, a big seed change the last five, six years. And maybe that's just me being naive. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's probably true. What would be an example of that? I think the, you weren't here for this. You Mm. just. That's tough. (laughs) I'll have to listen we, to the we were specific- Yeah, you have to listen <laughs> yeah. back to hear the good point. I'll that he to subscribe made. We were to specifically whatever, talking about to the algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> we were specifically talking about how voting is framed as a privilege, but it's truly a burden. Oh, okay. That's a good point. And hate uh, I hate to miss that. It's it's because of what it represents, you know. It's it's it represents again, it it represents participation in something that has the potential to wreck you. Yeah. And that's not something that women should be subjected yeah. to. Mm-hmm. We should not subject them to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there's a lot of examples. I think, um, you know, for my entire life, the way the government, like, uh, secretive agencies were framed is that they were there to protect us, right? Like the CIA, like, 
they may do some shady stuff on the side, but ultimately they're there to protect us, right? Well, that's I feel like we've successfully reframed that over the last 10 years because of people like Snowden and because we we know what they're actually up to now. And I feel like that's one of the battles that we've been able to win is successfully reframing what the world has told us to be true. We've learned that it's not only untrue, but we've actually managed to kind of turn the tide on that in mm. some ways. Okay. Yeah. I see that. All right. So we have successfully in the first introduction of the podcast talked about why liberal democracy is not good and that uh, women's suffrage was a bad thing. So look, I was told <laughs> I'm sure nobody is offended by any of that. No, I, I was told that if we were going to go non-anonymous, that it was going to be way less controversial. <laughs> Who told you that? I never said that. I, I certainly never said that. You're you're asking to do a podcast with me, man. I mean, oh, all right. Well, um, you know, I think it's time for the topic of the week. What do you think, Bo? All right, well, that's my no. Name. We didn't ask you, Drew. <laughs> you're just you're just here. You're I'm not. On, I'm not on. This is only the, the only leather chair discussion. Yeah, the <laughs> the patriarchs of the show were having a discussion. Yeah, that's you don't right. you don't have the privilege of voting yet. Yeah, that's right. You got to get a leather leather seat first. That's well, right. according to you, I have to own property or whatever you come out. So it's a whole other thing. I'm gonna fight for my rights on that one. Good for you. time for our topic of the week this week we decided we're going to just lean into the politics discussion and talk about the 2022 midterm elections the red wave it's here this was the red wave how you guys feel about it well I think I got. I think I, I, think, I, think, I think I got. Well, I got one drop. One drop <laughs> from the wave. From the wave. Yeah, I mean, we don't even have to like have a preamble about what our political opinions are. It'll come out eventually. You know, kind of where we stand. Big on, damn. Big on, damn. Honestly, you know, you know how I should have known what was going to happen is that, that Nate Silver, yeah, has always been wrong during every election cycle, and he predicted a red wave. Yeah, but I will say this though. This these results were within the kind of the margin of error of of five thirty eight. Okay, um, that like it could have gone the way that it went. I mean, he did predict a a he did predict a pretty much a red wave, like a Senate and House. You know, but basically, what ended up happening for people who either have or haven't paid attention, where things basically stand right now is that the 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 House is going to slightly be red and then um yeah this is actually news to me the, the senate is going to be democrat okay. it's gonna be 51 49 after the uh herschel walker loss that's coming oh, well then I'm, I'm fine with this gridlock we're good yeah the thing about it is though well i want to get you guys thoughts okay i want to get you guys thoughts on on uh you know the the republicans you know they they won some things. I mean, they they won the house back. They won seats. So so there's one one way to look at that, maybe positively. But do you guys feel like the midterms were a success or a failure? Just on how you've you don't even have to say for the Republicans or anything. Just like, do you feel like the midterms were a success or a failure? Failure. 
I think every midterm is a failure. Okay, we're not going down that road. <laughs> <laughs> so you think this one was? Yeah. I mean, what do you mean by that? I mean, like, I'm never, there's never a, a result where I'm just like, yeah, this was what I wanted. Oh, uh, well, yeah, there is. Is there? 2016 was a win all the way around. Watching them just melt. Well, that's I fair. mean, watching that, like, that was a win. That's fair. I mean, that was a total win. Watching, you know, Don Lemon and who's yeah who's and the, who's Van the, Jones yeah who's the lesbian woman on MSNBC Rachel Maddow oh yeah watching all those people completely melt down that was awesome in 2016 as that was happening was a total win that is fair because I remember Keith Olbermann as a Sports Center guy and then he just went off the rails yeah 2016 I mean he he was lean that anyway yeah but just. They, I mean, again, I mean, I mean, it, yeah. it broke some people, you know, and that was truly fun to watch. That we is drew, fun to drew watch. Drew was true. like in eighth grade, yeah, yeah, and it was uh, fourth. Baby. It was. <laughs> Were y'all watching Channel One? I was at school. Hey, I was actually. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? It's a public school thing. Oh, I don't. Did know you have Channel One? Oh yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Take During homeroom. What is that? What are y'all talking about? Oh yeah, he don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a. How do you even describe it? It was like a national broadcast for high schoolers by high schoolers. Like the high schoolers were the anchors. Are you serious? But yeah, a national broadcast is Channel One News. It's just basically current events and news. So it's like kids doing for, it? No. I mean, they were they were probably 18, 19, maybe 20. They were yeah, very I mean, young. It was like yeah. teenagers yeah. doing it. I don't think they were like uh, writing the material, but yeah. That's the only, pretty much the only people you saw on screen, I believe. That's wild. No, I've never heard of this before. It would last a few minutes. Yeah. The way it would work is you would you would say the pledge and then you would sit down and then you'd watch Channel One News for like five minutes. Y'all did that in high school? Mm-hmm. Y'all said the pledge in high school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? All the way through school. Yeah. I don't remember that. I mean, we definitely did. It was like MTV News for, Every for morning. kids. Every yeah. morning. They tried to be edgy and it, cool. Like when you were like 15, 16, you were still saying the pledge The pledge school, of allegiance? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah, we weren't. My memory doesn't work wow. that well. Yeah, I mean, that was decades ago. I I don't I don't. I didn't realize that was like an age thing. <laughs> I thought I thought you just kind of I thought you did that in like you know elementary you know middle school and then it kind of like they didn't make you keep doing that in high school because that's we didn't we didn't keep doing it. Oh no, I mean that I remember. I'm, I I'm just almost certain. That, you know, I just assume that's just what you did. Like that's senior you. year of high school, you're still saying the pledge. Oh yeah, every morning. Every morning. Watching Channel One. Do you still say it every morning? Every morning I still say it. <laughs> Just at the at the breakfast table. At, yeah, that's right. Like coffee in hand. We're not we're not eating until we say the pledge and the blessing. Yeah, we got a little flag in the kitchen. <laughs> in that order. Yeah. Pledge and then the blessing. That's the only way. Oh yeah. Well <laughs> the channel one thing really threw me off, so I'm sorry. You we, need to look into that. We didn't have to. I am. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look this up because I've never heard of this before in my life. But oh yeah, uh, that, that's that's how you know somebody went to public school. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's a great. It's a great divider. Yeah. You're like you're watching Channel One, and I thought you were just like making a regular <laughs> reference to just like yo a channel of the news, and he was like, yeah, I was watching Channel One. It's like, what are you talking about? Oh yeah. Uh, well, you, know, you 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 know it's one is of those that before like, y'all eat your square pizza for lunch. Oh, yes. for sure. With the, yeah, oh, every morning. public school person I've ever talked about. Yeah. Oh, man, that square pizza was so good. Oh, it was trash. Yeah, everybody was always like, oh, mm. I love that square pizza. Chicken strip day, community really nailed that on the head. <laughs> it 
No, uh, country fried steak wasn't bad. It was one of those things where it was like uh, we had Arby's. It was fake edgy. Forget because, y'all, man. And Taco Bell, elitist, elitist. <laughs> like there actually was no Channel One Pizza Hut personal pan pizzas. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> All right, Channel One. No, it's just one of those fake edgy things where like there is no actual Channel One, so we're gonna name our news organization Channel One. Right. Yeah. You know, that's super like, lame. That sounds like they came up with that in the early '80s, yeah. almost assuredly. You know, probably did. Yeah. I will say this. This is the tough thing about the age that I'm at is growing up in public school, um, particularly in high school during the Michelle Obama era, because I remember specifically hamburgers being not bad, not bad, like concession stand hamburgers at lunch. You know, nothing wrong with it. And then Michelle Obama does her thing and all of a sudden we got Mm. wheat bread Mm. on our hamburger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a tough scene. (laughs) So anyway, aside from all of the Channel One lunchroom nonsense, but you know, our lunches were far superior. By the way, but oh, yeah. that's a whole that's a whole that's not debatable. Yeah, it's really not. I'm, I'm you sorry. You just can't. Yeah. I, I went to private school until sixth grade, and we got Pizza Hut. We got all the good stuff. So yeah, I'm, that's I know. Amazing. Yeah, I'm familiar. Those with Those Pizza Hut personal pan pizzas they used to have. I mean, did y'all ever get those at Pizza Hut? Oh yeah, they brought them out in the big skillet that burn your fingers off oh, and yeah. stuff. See, they didn't have pizza by the time he was growing that's up. True. But never heard of it. Uh, those things were awesome because you got one of those if you did like reading points yep. or something, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that how? I don't. I just remember getting them for reading. Yep. I don't remember. And you, how it, they even had like a little toy that went with it too. Yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was great. You're talking about AR points. <laughs> Y'all ever heard of that? I don't think that's what no. it was called. Let's just change this to the subject. <laughs> so like. It's in all seriousness, though, like what pizza it used to be. It's truly sad that it's dead. Yeah. You know, like the decor of Pizza Hut mm-hmm. was awesome. You'd go to Pizza Hut, and the reason I loved it was because you know it took it took kind of a while to get a pizza after you ordered it, so that <laughs> gave me arcade time. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. so we could go to the arcade and play the Ninja Turtles arcade game, or you know, um, maybe one of the shooter ones, you know, that was in there or something, you know, so you got some good arcade time. Too, Honestly, that's one of the only ways I knew about wrestling was the old wrestling video uh, arcade yeah. game. Yeah, those were great times. But anyway, so speaking of a culture that we'll never get back, let's talk about the midterms. So it's, you know, you said it, Drew, you said that it's a it's a loss, it's a failure. Right? Yeah. Um, why do you think so? Um. Because it was a realization that if the Republicans could not win after all of the things that we've had in the last several years, the Republicans will never win ever again, at least for decades and decades to come. They've already been losing the popular vote ever since, like, Reagan or something. So the inevitable has been coming, and now we have seen in this midterm election the inevitable is true, which is that we have a majority culture— that wants more homosexuality, more perversion, more a baby murder. And the majority of the country wants more of that rather than less of that or to stop that. And to me, that's all it comes down to. I don't think we have time anymore to discuss the ins and outs of candidates and things. Of course, that's fine in and of itself. Or even political theory largely, you know, what we would like the country to be. Right. I don't even think we have time for that anymore. I think it's just red and blue is something completely different now where it really does come down to, do you want more of this stuff or do you want less of it? Yeah, I think, I think that's, which is why it was a failure. Yeah, I think that's, 
I think that's true. I agree with I agree with almost all of that. And um, the the question that I have though is is that why do you think that happened? Why is it the case that the Republicans lost again? With all of that being said, well, I don't think it happened just randomly. No, this has been set. And that's what I'm saying is sort of this has been coming. Yeah. Um, I think it still was a realization of, oh, wow, the depth of this is amazing. But there are things that were setting this up. Um, public school education, um, the media, technology, and the things that people can put online. I mean, there was, there was a deep indoctrinization that was happening which is why Gen Z believes the way that they believe, which is it was, they were like 80% blue in this election, Eight people 18 to 20 or whatever. I mean, I don't even know. But um, whatever that generation. it's not looking good. Yeah. And they're just a product of how they've been raised, and that's just the path we've been going down. And so we're just sort of bearing the fruit of what we've been doing. But now I think, at least from my perspective, now we've realized the depth of this, the depth of the plan behind hating God and destroying the country. That's right. And I think that I think that the reason that it's looked that that Republicans like when I say Republicans, I mean regular people who are Republicans. If I'm talking about the party, I'm going to say GOP, you know, the the GOP. Um, but the you know, the reason that Republicans are so down about the whole thing even though they took the house back, right? You know, they they took the house back. Like you even said, you know, there's there's gridlock there, you know, in in D.C., though, but like you're saying, Drew, is that I think people are losing hope in turning the world into a better place, right? Like, that's kind of what politics used to be, is, you know, a a vote for a person who was going to change some things to make it better, to make the world, you could get a glimpse into a better future, into a brighter tomorrow, but now people just want to see the antagonists of the story lose, you know, because they're, they they keep winning, right? The people who are destroying uh, a, a regular Republican's very way of life, the culture that they remember, the culture that they really desperately want to keep and to hold on to, the antagonists need to lose, right? It's it's people vote out of spite now not out of hope, even the ones that do, which is why I think this this loss was particularly depressing for a regular Republican. It's not just like a... They barely achieved a like regular midterm win. Yeah, even if everything was sort of normal, like if this was 10 years ago, it still would not be very good. It wouldn't That's be right. as it would big, be, it wouldn't be, be like as average, big of a loss. It'd be like average to below average. But it would be like, eh, this is troubling, but I mean, yeah. it's all right. Yeah. But it's it wouldn't nobody would be rejoicing over it. Yes. And in my opinion, the reason it's even another reason that it's particularly depressing is that the regular Republican is being betrayed. They're being betrayed by the people who are supposed to have their back, and that being the GOP. You know, the GOP was regularly funding candidates that were not the people's candidates and pulling money from people who were 
the people's candidates, not not funding them or funding the candidates like in Pennsylvania, funding Dr. Oz, as opposed to the the people's candidate that was running against Dr. Oz for that in that primary. Mm-hmm. You know, they're that's what the GOP is consistently doing right now. They are betraying the people who are supposed to have their back. And those people don't just want to have a better future. They want revenge, right? They they actually want want vengeance on their enemies. It's not just so much that, you know, they, let's get us a good candidate in there. You know, they were promised revenge with this red wave. They were promised something sort of like 2016, right? Like a, a, a pushback to the great the great evil that they face. They wanted blood. And what they got was sort of an impotent, like, you know. Yeah. And I think you found out that with the Republicans that did win, they were the Republicans that went straight into the quote-unquote culture war like a DeSantis, where it's like, I'm just going to blow this out of the water. They're coming and they're doing this and they're, blank, you know, and um, you're just calling it like it is in the culture war kind of thing, talking about education, drag queen story hour. Those Republicans that are doing that, to me, seems like are far more successful. But I don't think the GOP wants that at all. I think the GOP no. sees the population change, and so, they just want power. So they're just gonna. That's why the GOP just came out with the gay marriage. Although um, they do want DeSantis, which we can talk about in a little bit. Well, let me let me ask you this because uh, Brett, you may you probably know more about this than we do, and it's going to lead into my theory. We talked about this off the air a week or two ago, but at one point the party switched, right? How long did it take from the part from the voter base of those parties changing for the actual parties to change? Um, I mean, arguably, that's really hard to say. Yeah. I mean, arguably, on a national level, yeah, because on a state level, it's probably just changed. On a local level, so like you think about our area, for instance, our area was always a was a um, was a blue dog Democrat area, right? We had a a Democratic senator for a long time, a Reagan kind of Democrat, mm-hmm. and so even until honestly until like I would say like 2016 or 2018, you locally here you still needed to run as a Democrat to yeah. win, and that's not the case anymore. Now you need to run as a Republican, so. Nationally, it probably, you know, happened probably around Clinton. Okay. So, I don't know if it's really a theory, but my, but it's from, to me, it seems to be happening again, where you have a lot of the guys like Greenwald and Rubin who are fleeing the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party that we knew growing up was anti war, anti, um, you know, police state, anti all these things, and now they're pro all these things. Right. So, is there a chance that they're flipping again, no. and that the that the population just hasn't caught up? No, because what that's going to do the the problem that that's going to create is that the the um, the new right that was the old left does not share the same values with the rest of the right. Yeah. And that's going to be too big of a conflict going forward. Okay. And we can talk about that in a minute because I actually want to ask you all about what you think about the 2024 election and we'll talk about the presidency just a little bit. But um, so Dave Rubin, I mean, have you noticed how he's kind of faded away? Yeah. Why do you think? 
he got into big conflict with the rest of the right because he's adopting a baby with his gay husband. That's not going to gel, man. Yeah. And if it does, you just have the left. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, and in a lot of ways, that is the problem with conservatism is that it's just, it's just you know, what we always say, it's just progressivism driving the speed limit. Yeah. So it does sort of adopt the values of progressivism eventually. But there seems to be now a divide that Trump has created, obviously, um, even though he's a little bit, you know, he's a little bit of an enigma in so many ways. Like he's, he's his own unique person. But um, there now is on the right a kind of a hard right and not even I'm not even talking about like a like a um, like a Nazism right. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like a trad right, if you want to call it that people who are going back to a more traditional stance of now they're saying like no longer listen you know yeah we can have gay marriage just you know just now people are like no you can't have it because people are kind of waking up on the right to saying oh the slippery slope was real yeah. was a real slope so yeah, now nobody I'm not likes giving you anything the time, but it becomes yeah. true right and so now we're not giving you anything because actually we've seen what happens when we do when we do give you something it turns into everything so that's why i don't think that the parties are really going to switch like they did then because again the parties are not policy driven anymore you know, talking about well, anti-war, you yeah. know, um, f- freedom of speech, freedom of religion, whatever. That's really not what motivates people anymore is this policy, this hope of a change and a better. That's not it. It's 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 uh, it's the it's the friend enemy distinction. That's it. Well, I, I don't think the parties are going to switch. I think that they have switched on a lot of their policies. And I guess my question was more. Uh, will the voter base continue to switch? Like a lot of those guys who were left, are they going to continue to trend right? Um, no, because they're not really trending right. Okay. Like that's the big issue. It's just that the left is going more left. And they're just kind of still like yeah. a regular liberal. Right. Like, I mean, Dave Rubin's gay. Yeah. He's gay. He's got a husband. He's proud of it. He's adopting a baby. And he's wants to call himself a, a he's not on the right. He yeah. might be a Republican if he wants to be a Republican, but he's not on the right yeah. in any sense of the word, you know. And so that's the big that's the big issue is that now Democrat Republican does not mean left and right anymore. Yeah. yeah. And you know that's why I mean in a in a weird way that's why I'm much more willing to be a voting Republican than I've ever been, even though like that's never because I'm right wing. And it's a lot more about I'm not really a Republican in any sense of the word almost, but I'm I'm right wing and I'm going against the left. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, that's, and that's so important yeah. right now that, that that's just what you have to do. Right. Right. Um, but nobody's saying you're going to be thrilled about it. Right. It just is what it is. Yeah. And especially because, again, the the people who are who we pay to have our backs on the right are the GOP and they're supposed to have our backs, but they don't. They consistently don't, and that is the reason that so many people feel betrayed and are angry, just like leading up to 2016, that they were at this midterm, is because they, they've been betrayed. And that's how Trump got, got what he got the first time. Yeah. Was a bunch of people who had been betrayed, and they were ready to have a guy embarrass their enemies. They weren't. They didn't. Nobody elected Trump so that he would create a better world. <laughs> nobody did. People elected Trump because they wanted to see their enemies 
made fools. They wanted revenge. And they got it, and they were blissful. And that's what they were hoping to get, just a little bit of catharsis in this midterm. Because you never get that in conservatism. You never get that on the right. You never get these moments of peace of like, oh, man, just a little victory to keep going. And they didn't get that. The red wave was supposed to be that, and they didn't get it. I finally watched the uh, Chappelle monologue on SNL. Have you watched it? Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought he he had a pretty good point about Trump when he said uh, one of the reasons— that so many people voted for him were because he was the first one to come out and say, Hey, all these people back here who have all this power, this is what they're doing. And you know how I know? Because I'm doing it too. Yeah. And Chappelle was just like, Whoa. Yeah. Because you know, whenever, I mean, he made the point and it's true. And that is why people, regular people are fine with Trump. You know, it's because, you know, Hillary Clinton wants to be like, he doesn't pay his taxes. And he responds by saying, that makes me smart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's by saying, like, change the law then. I'm not breaking any laws. You're the one that's letting me yeah. pay no taxes. You're the problem, not me. And everybody else that's going, yeah, I wouldn't pay any taxes either yeah. if I was Trump. There's no way I'm paying any taxes. I'm not going to pay them if I don't have to. Nobody. Like, that's, that's yeah. you know. Taxes aren't noble. Only think about that monologue. It was so sad to see how blue-pilled he is on some things. That's you true. Know? I mean, especially yeah. like the war on Ukraine yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. like, oh, man. And you know you there have to wonder things. you have to wonder why how a man like Chappelle has been allowed back in everybody's good graces, yeah. right? Like it's not usually a good thing. Yeah. You're usually um, you're usually bowing down to some powers that be behind the scenes. Although he, you know, sort of yeah, he got accused of some anti-Semitism too. Yeah, but it won't. I, we'll see what happens. To yeah, him. you're right. You're right. If 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 something happens to him from that, then you'll be like, yeah, yeah. he really. Um, have you watched it? Mm-mm. Do you, you know who, do you know who Dave Chappelle about? is? I knew who Dave Chappelle is. I do know that. Have you ever seen the Chappelle show? Wait, was he a WWE guy? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen the Chappelle show, though, for real? Because that is before your time. I actually have. Okay. Um, Not many episodes, but I have seen it. It's one of those that doesn't surprise me because it yeah. was so good that yeah, it, right. it sort of yeah. is... It, it transcends yeah, yeah, for sure. boundaries. Real, real quick, don't have to go into a long... like Don't even go into a discussion, but it tells me a lot about who you each are. Favorite skit? Favorite? Yeah, of his. Well, probably can I only the, pick one. Probably yeah. the racial draft. Okay. Um, it's the Wayne Brady stuff. Okay. Both great. John Mayer. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's my favorite too. The Wayne Brady man back then. It was when Wayne <laughs> yeah. Bra- like we were watching Whose Line Is It Anyway all the time. Like that was my family's show. You know, they loved mine it. as well. I will say yeah. mine as well. Actually, well, oh, yeah. That oh, was yeah. what we Who's watched. Line? Oh yeah, Who's yeah. Line? We were watching that all the time. My parents it loved it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, and you know, and then you see this other Wayne Brady. <laughs> yeah, and it just was hilarious. It was great. I just, I'll never forget it. it I don't know why. I just, I yeah. loved it. But I mean, yeah, the race draft is great too. John Mayer's good. It's all good. There's, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah. I, to be fair, I was not like an avid Chappelle show watcher because I wasn't no. allowed. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was Comedy Central. I wasn't really allowed to watch anything on Comedy Central back then. In the mid two thousands, two thousand four, you know, I was type. in college, so I could make my own decisions. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't. <laughs> so I mean, that was definitely not. Yeah. If I saw it, I saw it, and you know, we didn't have YouTube clips back then, yeah. so I really saw a lot of it in college when I saw more. Yeah, you know, and I, it was I really only knew stuff that people came to school talking about, and then I would see later or something like that somehow on my own time because I'd never see that. That's actually why I feel like we almost are in a different generation, is because. I grew up without YouTube 
and I can't. Oh yeah, that definitely that is different. Like, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I didn't have it either. Yeah, you know, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, but it came out in '06, right? So, and I mean, yeah, people came to school, and you just talked about stuff you couldn't yeah. see it for a while. <laughs> you know, you just had to take off. You had to, you had to hope your buddy had, could do good impersonations of whatever he saw on yeah. TV last night, because that's that's the show you were getting. You were getting because we, we couldn't record it. Yeah, you know, you just. Yeah, you just yeah. hope hoped you could yeah. kind of get a glimpse of of what it was like. All right, so in in thinking about the midterms, and then we can kind of wrap up after this if you want to. But in thinking about the midterms, um, it's obviously not been not been great. We all agree on that. So let's talk about twenty twenty four. Let's talk about what you want to happen, what you think will happen. You go ahead, twenty four. Who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna run? So Trump has announced by now. Mm-hmm. Trump has announced that he's running. He's the only one so far that's announced. Anybody else going to run? You know, is it going to be the Ron Don showdown? What is it going to be? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a third. You think DeSantis will run? Yeah. I can't think of a third who would uh, make it that far. What about you, Drew? You think DeSantis will run? I do not think DeSantis will run. Really? Yeah. You don't even think he'll run? I don't think he'll run. What makes you say that? Um, because of the Trump announcement, what I think that he, well, I think he's going to play the long game. He's going to wait and run for president because I don't think he's dumb, but I think he's going to wait because he had a reaction in the media the other day about oh well you know I'm just just doing my job or whatever some yeah. sort of you know quote unquote classy reaction to Trump, which I'm not saying is bad. I think you should take him head on if you're trying to win, and that's why I'm saying he's going to play the long game. And so he'll run for president, but it'll be after Trump's out of the picture. Okay. In my opinion. And I think um, Trump will run in 24, obviously. He said that. And he'll lose. And Democrats will win again. And DeSantis will come later. Okay. Meanwhile, Florida will keep being good. What so, do you, uh, what do, what do y'all hope would happen? Oh, I hope DeSantis would run in 24 and Trump would not and DeSantis would win. <laughs> <laughs> what about Same. you? Same. Yeah, I um I think that that Trump will run and I hope that Trump does run and I hope that Trump wins. I don't think he will will win, but I'm 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 fully on board the uh I'm 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 almost completely off the DeSantis train. Okay. I'm definitely I mean I'm, I'm not as I'm uh, very skeptical of the people that are putting their money and support behind Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I think that that is the concerning part of it. Um, Megan McCain is pulling for Ron DeSantis, but isn't that also just because she hates Trump? Really hard for me to be on the same team as that Megan could be McCain. true as well. Yeah, that I, could I mean, be true. That's the thing. I, I don't mean neither one of them are the, are the establishment. Why? why she would never do that if he was Trump? If DeSantis was another Trump, if he was truly somebody yeah, who was really because, gonna, I think it's because he just is. Even if he wins, will not be as despised in the media as Trump is because he's not the fodder that he is. Which is why I'm for Trump. <clears throat> I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Why do you not agree with it? Because I just I just don't want that to happen again. See, you're living in the world where you think that politics is in order to change the world. Oh no, not at all. Well why would you want a why would you want the quote unquote better candidate if Because not? I think I think the only thing that one of them brings to the table than the other one outside of the circus is I do think DeSantis might have a little more deregulation. No. Whereas Trump 
we've already seen what his looks like. Well, to be fair, DeSantis was the biggest vaccine pusher of any of the governors. Yeah, that's definitely. I'm true. not wrong about that. Mm-hmm. He was bragging about how efficiently they were vaccinating everybody in their population. Bragging about it. Totally blue pilled on the vaccination on the vaccine. Just like Trump in the sense that he was trying to show his efficiency, regardless of what was happening, he was wanting to show his efficiency as his proof that he's a good governor. Right. Well then I'm I'm gonna do what I do every four years. Yeah, I know, but we're trying to have a discussion about it. That's the fun part. Um, I think my main thing, actually, is that the reason I was disappointed that Trump announced he was running in 24 is because my first thought was, he's going to lose. This is That's it. And I think, understandably, I mean, we said earlier that, or at least I said that they would lose anyway. I think they'd lose anyway. I think yeah. that that's just... Well, he has a far better chance of winning than DeSantis. In 24, yes. DeSantis doesn't have a shot against Trump. Um, and DeSantis doesn't have a shot Well, no, not, not against Trump. That's what I'm saying is that... Trump would wipe the floor that's, with him. That's why he's not... He knows that. That's, what that's why he's not going to run in 24. Yeah, but he's going to get a lot um, of money, though. He's going to get a lot of people in his ear pushing him to run, which is why I think he's going to end up running. I don't think he's an idiot either, but I just think that he... Because of the, the moolah? Yeah, I mean, the Republican establishment is going to back him to run and he's he is the only he's the only candidate they got yeah I guess that is true I, I mean, mean he's I don't only, really know yeah, true. where are they going to um, put their chips I mean there's there's nobody else I mean who who's it going to be Jeb Bush again no it, no way you know that's what uh, I'm saying like what who, about one of the governors like, like, like Youngkin who? or something no you think he of if they're going to pick no a governor, I don't think he will be no, I'm just, but I'm, I'm saying, saying if they're going to pick a say? governor Youngkin Youngkin like is there is there any like is there anybody like that if they're going to pick a governor I mean, Governor Abbott can't stand up to Trump. No, 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 no. They obviously yeah. can't. But that's I'm a, talking about joke, everybody. <laughs> but there has to be. That's the joke. But no, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that normally there would be multiple names circling, and so right. That's my point. It's, but it would not. be. It, it's it's shocking that I'm just kind of thinking: is there really no one else? And I'm thinking out loud: Youngkin, Abbott, you know, whatever. But um. Wait, Texas has the guy with one eye too, right? What's Crenshaw? Yeah, what's the deal down there? I don't know. Crenshaw's good not good. No, he's terrible. Like that's what I'm saying is there are no there are no young Republican starlings. Yeah. There are none. Who's it gonna be? And if they're not gonna pick a lesser governor, that's like picking a lesser Bobka. No, they're not gonna Seinfeld. pick they're not gonna pick anybody other than DeSantis. But um That's why DeSantis is I can't run. yeah. You know what I mean? I mean he's he's going to get the full force of the of the of the GOP establishment, which is going to convince him to run. You know because he's going to believe that he really has a chance because he's going to have he's going to have the support of the of the group, but he won't have the support of the base. There's no way. I mean he has he has no personality. I don't think I've no ever personality. Heard him He's speak. like a wet rag, man. He is Desantis. Just, yes, no way. Oh, no dude. personality. None. You can't say that. Oh, I can say that. Just why? Did. We'll continue. But why? But what? He How? has no. He. 
Are you serious? He has no charisma. He has no persuasion ability whatsoever. I completely disagree. What is what is charismatic about that guy? About DeSantis. You just, you just talked about how Trump was coming at him, and he gave the quote-unquote classy response. It's because he can't give a non-classy response. He has no charisma. I think that was just simply strategic. I don't think that that had anything to do with personality. So runs, I think he was, you, he was... If he runs, will you admit that, that, that you're wrong about that? Because if, if he, so... He, well, if he runs, then obviously. But I'm saying he's not going to run. But he's going to run. What about him... I mean, I don't know what the difference is. I'm saying he's not going to run. You're saying he is going to run. Yeah, so I don't I'm, know I'm what the difference he is. is. Run, but the I'm difference saying, is I'm right and you're wrong. No, you're saying <laughs> you're saying that he uh, his. We're talking response, about personality. Okay. Yeah, you're saying his. I don't. I don't was, think his his reaction. There was this. There's multiple little clip. One clip would be he said something like, "Oh, there all these board. all these ma- people wearing masks. Like y'all need to take these masks off." And he's he has a. The decibels in his voice and how he carries himself in the actual speeches is different than most of the politicians. I don't think he was he's void of personality. I don't think that at all. What do you mean it's di- are you saying it's different in a positive way or in a negative way? Positive. Really? Because he's yes. very monotone. That's what I'm saying. He's very monotone. He's So So monotone equals no personality. That is certain. No, I don't think so. No charisma. That's certainly one of the things that would characterize. But I I also don't know if he's monotone. I'd have to think about that. He can't. He cannot carry. He can't. He he would never be able to have a rally like Trump. Never. But I think he has. No, not to that level, of course, as far as numbers and things. Guys, guys, guys. Y'all are forgetting. He just when he when he after the governor. Y'all are forgetting that the only reason he's governor is because the person he was running against one week before the election, the first time, oh, yeah. got caught in a hotel room with a male hooker and needles hanging out of his arm. Before that, he was losing by 10 points in the polls. That's tough. And then he that's the only reason he won in the first place. You know why? Because before he had any chance to govern, he had no charisma and he couldn't win an election. And you cannot do that and win a national election. You can't do it. I don't know. Especially I mean, not in this world where we're admitting that the left is far, far greatly outnumbers the right. Well, yeah, that's obvious. But I don't think... So you have to carry something other than just the right. Which I'm sure, sure, the regular boomer cons that me and you know would prefer DeSantis. But they're going to vote for Trump. Just like they're going to vote for DeSantis. So how are you going to get people to vote that wouldn't vote for DeSantis? You see what I'm saying? The people that are going to vote for DeSantis are voting for whoever's red on the ticket. That's not going to win you an election. It's not going to do it. Election against who? Against the against the Democrats. Oh yeah, no way. No yeah. No yeah, that I agree with. So that's why I'm pulling for Trump is what I'm saying. But I think I think the reason why DeSantis has a personality to that thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Is that he makes a lot of very demonstrative type of claims that I think you can only make if you had some level of personality. When I think of no personality, I think of like no real controversy, no stirring the pot, no statement that's anything is a grain. So when he says things like you know, critical theory is evil, 
it will never you know be support whatever I don't that's, know. I that's can't not how i would define charisma at all i think we have i guess we have different definitions yeah, I, mean, I guess he, he but, can't carry a room like just making statements doesn't mean you have charisma it's the way that you deliver things the way that you can carry a room you know and to be fair i mean I, yeah, trump I mean, has trump has you know godzilla level charisma I mean, he's he's got nuclear weapons grade charisma. He's once in a generation. Charisma. Oh yeah, that's been the key to his success. Yeah. So I mean, that's I'm not necessarily in that regard comparing him to Trump. I'm just saying that that in my opinion, DeSantis has almost no charisma. It's why it's one of the reasons Trump would destroy him, and also why he is needs to do what he's doing in Florida and just do that pretty well and just not worry about the presidency. I mean, that's one of the reasons that he was so good in the Republican primaries last time around was because, well, when he ran the first time was because none of those guys had any charisma. Yeah, none. I mean, there were... But know. yeah, that's the thing. I agree with that. None of those guys had any charisma. But we're, if you're comparing somebody like Dagum Jeb Bush to DeSantis... Um, yeah, Jeb Bush has no charisma either, but... Jeb Bush has no charisma. He, there's no fire to make any sort of authoritative claim. That's what I'm saying, is that I, I would associate charisma with the ability to make a strong authoritative claim regardless of the pushback. And I think that DeSantis has that, built his, what people think about DeSantis is that exactly. Again, he's So done, I wouldn't he's say done he's that, had he's little done to that, no personality. He's done that when he has had the power. He did not do that in order to get the power like Trump did. That's where the charisma helps you so when you have the power you can make these demonstrative claims and you can be authoritative and that's fine he could be um you know he could run a he could run an organization in that regard but um to me charisma is you know maybe sure like making those type of claims but it's making them persuasively you know to use in the, order to, to use the get, big, in order to use the big Eva word to winsomely, in order to climb the ladder. Yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, Desantis almost lost. I don't know. I'd, I, I'd have to. I'd so. have to think about that. I don't. It's really hard for me to imagine. You know what Desantis, what that would look like running for president, and I'm not sure. I, I mean, I really well, don't let me know ask you exactly. This. I Who's mean, got who has more charisma? DeSantis or George W. Bush? W. Yeah, it's not even close, right? Who has who has uh, more w charisma? Has, who has, has more charisma, charisma? Obama or DeSantis? Obama. Not even close. It's not even freaking close. Yeah. Now, now the Democrats can run, you know, literal dead people like they did in this last election and win. They, you know, they ran a House candidate that was dead and he won. Um. They can do that. They can run John Fetterman and win, right? This, but of course, you know, people feel bad for Fetterman. That's why he won. It's a sympathetic thing. You know, we don't like to see people lose that are problems. But anyway, but the Republicans can't do that. The Republicans can't do that. You know, um, they have to. They're going to have to. And and every president before Biden has been full of charisma. And you know, they had to do what we all know they had to do to win that one, right? So every, I mean, we could keep going backwards, right? W. Clinton, Reagan, charisma out the wazoo. All of them would be twice the charisma of DeSantis. So all I'm saying is that DeSantis is not this great white hope that the Republicans want to think that he is. He's not. He's a fine governor. Okay. He's he's maybe an excellent governor. Um, I'd have to think about that. I I, I see I, I see what you're saying now, but I um, 
I'd have to think about that. I'd have to see. Yeah. Just think about it. It's just kind of my thing on it. I mean, especially for 2024, it just, you know, it needs to be Trump. He needs to do it. I'm sort of, he's, <clears throat> this is the only reason. But, of course, you know, one of the things that is interesting, and I'm not trying to be all, you know, uh, pro-Trump here because you just never know. You never know what's going on with him. Truly, you can't trust him. I get that. You know, he... He, I mean, I could, we could sit here and talk for another hour about all the things that he misstepped his first time around that I would hate. However, who, who in his life at the White House that he surrounded himself with, who is his number one problem? Kushner. Kushner. Without a doubt, right? Do you know who was not at his delivery, at his announcement? Mm-hmm. Ivanka and Kushner. And Ivanka has already said publicly. She has. That she is focusing not on politics. She will not be involved this time around, and she's going to focus on her family. She wants to kind of change her life up. She doesn't want to do that anymore. Interesting. So Kushner and Ivanka are out of the picture, which was 100% the problem. Yeah. Because Kushner was, Kushner was Kushner's deep state. Even uh, even Ye said that. Yeah, he was the problem. Kushner yeah. was the problem. He was deep state. He was the guy keeping this from happening, you know. So, it could be interesting. Well, I would love for a world where everything that Trump said came to pass. The wall, all these other things. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty great. The problem is that um, you're not going to win an election in Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia. Um, those are... are obviously pretty tightly controlled um, areas of operation for Democrat operatives. They they know what they're doing there now with all the COVID rules that, you know, the, the, the rules of the game have been changed. The Republicans have not caught up to it yet, and they don't really have the power to catch up to it yet. They, they lost those governorships. They lost those important battles in Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia, places that know how to play this game now. And again, I'm not even calling it cheating because it's the game, and you better learn how to play it if you're going to be in this game which is that these are real votes. You know, these mail-in votes are real votes. It's just they're going and getting them because they can, because they change the rules about when people can vote and how they can vote. So they're being able, they're able to go out there and get votes from places that you never would have been able to get people to go to a poll to vote or to, um, what's the term for, uh, um, not mail-in, but the other way we used to, absentee. Absentee. You would never, you know, be able to get people to absentee or go to a poll, and now they can go get those legitimate votes. So I truly think that narrative needs to change among Republicans and the right is that this is not cheating anything. It's just that it's a different way of getting it, and and they better figure out a way to do it too if you're going to win, or you can sit around and cry about it. That's fine. Um Again, I'm talking about the GOP, not Republicans. I would never talk demeaningly about them in that way, the regular person that's a Republican, because they've been betrayed. They've been betrayed, and they are rightly upset um, because they sense that the people who should have had their back don't, and they're indignant about that, and they should be indignant about that. So I don't blame them, but the GOP yeah. might, might whine about it. So there you go. Is Kanye going to run? No. 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 I don't know what's going to happen to him, but... I'm worried. I'm pulling for him. Yeah, I'm not worried about him, but I'm worried about what's going to happen to him. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, knew, I knew what you meant, for sure. Yeah. Me too. But, you know, that's his burden to bear. 
You guys got anything else? Hmm. How was this, Drew? It's pretty fun. We've been we've lot. had these mics on for three hours now. Whew. Man. I've had a lot of fun. I, I definitely I think it's only gonna get better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well on that note. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. It's good to be back. Hopefully, hopefully this was, uh, you know, remotely entertaining or informative or whatever. But we'll have some more, uh, we'll have some more hot topics and hot takes coming at you within the coming weeks. What are we shooting for? Like a every other week thing? Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. To I me. think every other week, and, and it that, really, really was good to be back. It really was. Really enjoyed this. I think every other week is going to be pretty sustainable. So yeah. let's let's shoot for that and see okay. what we can do. Yeah, All right. It. Enjoyed it. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks.